Blog Hello. Radio. Hello and welcome everyone. This is Louise Crooks, your Key to Clarity Coach on KTC Radio. Today we have a fabulous topic and I'm really excited to be sharing it with you. It, and our topic is Effective and Inspired Blogging for Great Business Results. And we have the fabulous Marissa Murgatroyd with us um, to talk about this, this wonderful topic and to really give you some insights into how to um, how to blog, why we would blog, and how to do it well so that you're you're getting the results that you want with this visibility strategy. Um, if you haven't um, visited the show before, I want to welcome you as a new listener, and of course all our regular listeners. It's great to have you here as well. We wouldn't have the show without you. And um, for those who are new to the show, I'd love to just tell you a little bit about us and and what we're doing. So. Um, as I've just said, my name's Louise Crooks. I'm your host, and um, I'm known as the Key to Clarity Coach. Um, my mission is to really help healing professionals and coaches, anyone doing good in the world, you know, to really become visible in their businesses. And part of that is also, you know, having all the elements that are going to help you be successful in your business. So it's that spiritual, personal, and business growth that all make up those elements that are going to really support you in having the best results in your business to help more people and of course being able to do it from a prosperous place as well. So part of the re- that was part of the reason why Keys for Clarity Radio was born in 2008. We've been going for almost four years now which is just amazing to me and um, we've had the most amazing guests and also topics on pretty much almost every um, you know, topic we can imagine, but uh, we're always finding new ones. So if you're interested in um, exploring the archives of the show and, and want to check out some of the recordings that are still available to you, feel free to do that. We've done over 150 shows, so there's lots to choose from and some amazing um, content there. We've had the people of the likes of um, Marsha Weeder, Abby Brown, Michael Port, um, Mary Allen, Michael Lozier, just just to name a few, and, and just some amazing topics as well. So feel free to make the most of that. If you'd like to get an update to make sure that you are um, updated with um, our weekly show and what we're covering that week to see if you'd like to join us, go to keystoclarity.com. That's keystoclarity.com. And just sign up in the opt-in box on the right side of the page. You'll get a free report there as well. Um, but it will also really ensure that you get the e-zine that comes out on a Wednesday morning and shares the topic of the day and the guest, and, and so you are absolutely up to date. So that's keystoclarity.com. During the show today, um, I would really encourage you to uh, share about um, the show. If you are excited about what we're talking about and you want to share it on Twitter, feel free to do that. Use the hashtag KTC Radio, hashtag KTC Radio on Twitter. And use the URL to um, help people come to the show, which is uh, budurl.com, so HTTP colon forward slash forward slash budurl.com, that's B-U-D-U-R-L.com, forward slash best blogging, best blogging. Um, so that will uh, really be fabulous. If you'd like to connect in the chat room, that would be awesome as well. I'll be opening, opening that up in a minute, and it's a great place to 
share your questions and any comments you have about the show. And feel free during the show to call in on 347. Um, let me remind myself. I'm blank. 347-945-6969. Uh, That's 347-945-6963. And just press 1 on your keypad if you'd like to ask a question. And we'll open up for questions at different times in the show so that you can you can tap into Marissa's Fabulous expertise, wonderful opportunity to, to do that. Okay, great. So um, without further ado, I'd like to um, introduce Marissa. And um, in the meanwhile, just keep your ears peeled because I will be announcing a, um, a prize draw during the show. And um, I'm excited to share this with you. So uh, just listen out for that. Okay, so hi, Marissa. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you here as well. And uh, so I just want to tell everyone about, a little bit about you, Marissa. So uh, Marissa is actually a, a web strategist, branding and internet marketing expert who helps doctors, coaches, and, in, and creative entrepreneurs expand their influence online. Um, through close collaborative relationships with clients, she builds world-class websites that look great. And I have to say, she has her own website, which is, um, do you want to just say that out loud, Marissa? Be Seen Boldly, is it? Yep. BeSeenBoldly.com. And I'm actually launching a new website this week at LiveYourMessage.com. And you can see Beautiful. a sneak peek there right now, but it's not fully functional. So, you know, stay tuned okay. and you'll see that. Absolutely. Yeah, you've done a great job. I love your Be Seen Boldly um, dot com website. So you've done such a fabulous job, and I can see how the branding piece is such an important part of it. And I know that you've just completed the one for Coach and Grow Rich as well. If you want to check that out, it's coachandgrowrich.com. So fabulous. So um, she builds these world-class websites that look great and stand out and get results, uh, which I think is what we all want. She also supports clients in integrating all their marketing efforts online from email to social media, um, to create a powerful branded experience that drives traffic and converts visitors into long-term clients. Um, from her early days of carefree writing and photography to her decade-long career as an award-winning documentary filmmaker, print and web producer, Marissa has spent much of her time and uh, much of her life creating media. And today, Marissa's passion and purpose lies in helping visionaries thought leaders and nonprofits amplify their message and their impact by mastering the internet. I think that's where you and I are very aligned, Marissa. And uh, Marissa is an internet marketing coach for the eWoman Publishing Network, which is just amazing, and Yinspire uh, Media, in addition to running her own web agency. And again, you can find her on beseenboldly.com. Okay, so today we're going to be really... Uh, talking about blogging for business, how to get results by staying inspired, adding value, and engaging your ideal clients. Um, you know, the whole premise is if you're not getting results with business blogging, don't blame the tools. <laughs> you probably haven't designed a content strategy that will engage your target market around your specific topic. And we'll go into that in a little bit more detail. And during the show, Marissa is going to actually share with us her three-step system 
which is designed to help us get over a blogging hump if that's part of your challenge. And I know that um, certainly it's something that I um, struggle with, Marissa. I am, you know, I love blogging, I love writing, but it's actually, you know, um, being in a rhythm around that and actually, um, you know, doing it in a consistent manner. So um, I'm excited to, to talk to you about that. Can you tell me, Marissa, how you actually got into, you know, this particular um, way of supporting clients and, and also the kind of clients that you, you you like to support? How did that all come to being? Sure, absolutely. So like anything in life, it was a long, circuitous path, and I'm not going to bore you with the entire story. But I was working for many years as a documentary filmmaker, and I also was getting more and more into producing websites for clients and primarily kind of universities and nonprofits at the time. And what I started to realize is that the kind of market was dropping out for documentary films in terms of having a distribution platform. But then the work that I was doing for clients on the web was getting more and more interesting because I found that we could have an idea and then in a matter of hours or days or weeks translate that idea into an experience and a platform that other people could engage so this quick path to from conception and idea through to action and results was just so inspiring for me, and it kind of just rocked my world. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is what I've been waiting for. And you know, that was many, many years ago, and so I've gone through a lot of different iterations of websites and formats of this, but I just have this deep-seated belief that whatever mm-hmm. it is that is in your heart, in your soul, in your mind that you want to do, that you can do it. And it's just a matter of making the choice in your life at a point to say, I'm going to do this, and then stepping up and learning the tools that you need to be successful at it. And right now, I firmly believe that the Internet is one of those tools, if not the tool that will be responsible for making and breaking your success. So the Internet just gives us all this tremendous reach with over 2 billion people who are online um, to figure out and reach our audience. And so even if you're doing the most kind of remote, obscure niche, whether you're a colon hydrotherapist or whether you are a, you know, a dream coach, which is not that obscure, or a shadow coach, you, know, you can do anything that you'd like to and find the people who will be interested in your services if you really know how to market yourself right and you know how to leverage the tools of the Internet to promote your message. Yeah, it's so true. It really is. And I'm really excited we're going to be talking about the blogging piece today, uh, Marissa, because I think that's such a powerful platform that so many um, coaches like to choose as part of sharing their message. It's really about how to use it in a in a, a, a powerful and effective way. I think a lot of we have a lot of coaches and and healing professionals who like to write and um, want to get their message out into the world, and it's a it's a beautiful way to do it. But I know that they get stuck you know, for different reasons. Um, and one of them is even, you know, the idea of, of um, you know, what to write. Um, what, what do you recommend, you know, if you were getting started? Well, let, let, let's back up a bit. What would you recommend, first of all, if people were starting to sort of venture down the idea of actually using blogging as a visibility strategy in their business? What, what specific things would you recommend up front, Marissa? Okay, sure. Well, I think the first biggest question is to blog or not to blog. And (laughs) just starting there, why would you even want to blog? 
So I think a lot of people spend you know, a bunch of time and some money putting up this beautiful website, right? And then yeah. it sits there and nobody's coming, no traffic is arriving. It's just sitting there like a brochure or a business card that's online. And yeah. you know, it's a common misconception to think that once you finish your website, your work is done. You know, your website mm. is your marketing. But your website yeah. isn't your marketing. Your website is a marketing tool. And you actually have to do marketing to get people to your website. And blogging it's is one of the vehicle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and blogging is, is one a vehicle of, to get them to go there. Exactly. Because every single time you blog, you're pretty much extending your reach into Google. And, you know, with so many people searching Google for topics that are interesting to them, whenever and they're searching Google a lot of times at the moment when they're most curious about a particular topic, whether someone has a problem or whether they just have a direct need or they're searching for information, they're typing it in, and it might be something like, you know, um, how to um, divorce elegantly, whatever it happens to be. You know, so they're searching for that. And if you're a divorce coach and you know and you've kind of gone onto the Google keyword tool, and we'll talk more about that later, and you know the types of words that people are using and the types of problems that they're having that would lead them to you, you can strategically write posts around those topics using those words. And you're writing it, and that way when people are actually looking for you, they're much more likely to find you. So one of the reasons to blog is to actually get traffic to your website. And people use this word traffic a lot, and it's kind of a misnomer because you think it's these nameless, faceless people. But each yeah. and every one of those people could be your ideal client who um, might ultimately end up working with you. So if you're able to actually picture that it's this traffic that you're trying to attract and know your audience and speak directly to some of their pain points and also some of their biggest aspirations and desires and orient your blog around that, it's um, much more likely to have an impact. So I'd say the reasons to blog are threefold. One, if you have a website and you're just not seeing traffic and you're not seeing results, then I would recommend blogging because there's a direct link between activity and content. So the more content you put out, the more activity you're going to see and traffic coming back to your website. If you don't put any new fresh content out, chances are people are not going to find you unless you hand them a business card or they already know about you. But you're not likely to venture into the world of new people and expand your audience. The second reason is if you have a website, you're getting traffic, you're having some success, but you really want to become the go-to person in your field, and you want to take it up a notch and really become a player and increase your credibility and your visibility and your expertise, whether you're building out a speaking career or a writing career simultaneous with your coaching or your other services, or whether you just want to become known in what you do. And the third reason to consider blogging is actually if you don't have a website yet, but you're considering making one, and you want to build the website right from the beginning, and you actually take into consideration your goals and how you're going to market and get people to your website once it launches. So that way you can structure your site, you know, even in the planning stage, to include a blog and to feature that blog on your homepage, not necessarily for the blog to be your homepage, but to have a pool of your blog entries on your homepage. So I think those are the three kind of scenarios that I see a lot of clients in when they decide to move into blogging. That's wonderful. And and the thing is, Marissa, I think some people aren't even sure yet that they want to blog, but would it would you advise that if they're setting up a website for their business that it's it's nice to have that component 
available to them? Is is there a difference, even if you hadn't started blogging, to use a blog platform um, in comparison to one of the others? I'd love to just dive into that a little bit as well. Sure thing. Um, I really recommend, and this is what I do for all of my clients, to use WordPress.org as your platform. It's a free platform that integrates blogging capacity. It actually started out as a blogging platform. And it's what's called a content management system. And if you don't know what it means, don't worry. It's not that scary. It's actually what allows you to log into your website, the part that people don't see, and change Mm -hmm. content, add content, kind of make it do what you want it to do in a really easy way rather than having to rely on a webmaster and call them up every single time you want to make a little bit of a change. But it's a blogging platform that's come a long way. So a lot of people think that WordPress is just for blogs, but I've actually built some really sophisticated kind of um, almost enterprise-level websites using WordPress. So any functionality you want, whether you're doing e-commerce, whether you have a membership site, whether you just have a very kind of functionality-rich site, you can do all of that on WordPress because there are so many kind of tools that um, enhance the functionality of the platform. So whatever you can imagine, you can make it happen. And the benefit to WordPress is not just the ability to blog, but your ability to kind of step into the site and be given the keys to the vehicle, so to speak, at the end of the day after your programmer is done with it or if you do it yourself, and be able to manage that site day to day. And I do think that a website is this dynamic kind of evolving organism. It, I see a lot of people <laughs> who create a site and you know get really hung up because they think it has to be perfect before it even goes live. And then they don't touch yeah. a thing on that site for like a year or two years, and the content gets really old. But I recommend a much more fluid approach to being online, both in terms of blogging, but also just the basic web content, which is, um, you know, you create the best version of what you have at the moment, but it's this instant kind of litmus test to see how people are responding to your site. You know, you're able to see what people are going to what pages, what links they're clicking on, what interests them the most, how much time they spend on your site, you know, whether they're signing up for your email list. You can track all of these things. And because you can track it, you can constantly be refining and improving your work to be more and more and more effective. So um, I recommend treating the website not as like a print material that you send it to press once and then it's done and you never change it, but something that evolves as you evolve. So every time you have a new piece of work or you're on a new show, you can actually post that to your website and keep it fresh and dynamic and give people a reason to come back. And that's another thing about blogging. You're giving someone a reason not just just to find you the first time, but to come back to your website. Because if the content's always the same over and over again and you're competing with 133 million websites on the Internet, no one's going to come back to your site if you don't have anything fresh there. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying here, Marissa, because, and I like that, you know, the word fluidity and, and using the, that in terms of the Internet, um, you know, that everything is, is fluid and also how we evolve in our businesses as healing professionals and coaches is also fluid. And so we want to be able to um, tweak it, as you say, and, and refine when when we need to, you know, rather than relying on, on a... Um, a web designer or, you know, someone who, a webmaster who, you know, really it's in their timing and all of those things. I just hear some horror stories sometimes. And, you know, just to be able to pop into your blog and, and, and your, your your website and to be able to make, and you know, change some text or 
um, add a picture or whatever it is, you know, that you can do that really easily. So, I mean, I know I, I, I'm speaking from experience because I, I have my own WordPress site and I absolutely love it. So it's exciting. And you actually, that brings up one other point. And I definitely want to get back to the three steps. I can give you some real tools to get started blogging powerfully. But um, yes. when I said that you can use a website as a litmus test and see how you how people respond to your content, a blog is even a better litmus test because you can spend an hour or half an hour writing a three-paragraph blog post and sending it out. And then you can watch, is anyone engaging with this content? Are people commenting? Mm. Are people liking it? you might write something that you think is fascinating but your audience doesn't really care about. And you can see how many people are coming to that and reading it and engaging with it. So if you're actually thinking of, say, developing an information product or expanding your business by um, having other services beyond your one-on-one work, you know, you might want to post a few things related to that idea before you take the effort to develop a product that might, you know, take four, five, six months to develop. That's so very true, Marissa. I love yes. that. You, I love that you're saying that because um, I think that's a, you know, it's almost like you're you're doing a, a, um, a survey in a sense, you know, to be able to do the research before you take those steps, which can often be very time consuming and and money draining. So, you know, to to um, you know test the waters with particular topics within your your um, your niche is is a powerful way to do that through your blog. I love that. Absolutely, and it can be really surprising. Um, one of my mm. clients is the Grace Grove Retreat Center. They do a lot of cleansing and detoxing for people. And mm-hmm. I got them set up with um, a blog strategy. And you wouldn't believe something like 50 people a month are coming to their website from one blog post that they wrote on um, something like energy soup. So they wrote a recipe for energy <laughs> soup. And <laughs> 50 people a month are like finding this recipe and coming to their blog for that one keyword. So sometimes it might just be that you stumble onto something unintentionally that there's actually a need for. And based on that response, we decided, okay, well, clearly people are looking for some recipes, and we can try other recipes that might also attract people. Mm, so sometimes, um, awesome. you know, it, it's a lot of times the most narrow topics that really drive mm-hmm. people back to your site. And the reason why is there's not a lot of competition for those topics. So if you choose yeah. something like life coaching, and every article you write is about life coaching, and there's I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of life coaches in the world, you know, not a lot of people will necessarily find your particular post about life coaching unless you talk about a, a much more narrow subtopic within life coaching. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because I'm I'm going through the exercise at the moment with creating a, a membership program, and um, you have to get so narrow with that to really. Um, it's it's like anything I think when you're marketing a product or a program, isn't it, um, uh, Melissa? Where you you want to narrow it to a point where people really understand what it is that you're providing them and and can really get some tangible um, uh, some ta- some tangible um, sort of understanding of of what you're providing them. So it, it it it's interesting that it again also applies to blogging as well. And I wanted to ask you, Marissa, and and this is something that I'm still questioning for myself. So I think it will be interesting, perhaps for our listeners too. Is what is the difference between a blog post and an article? Um, it's really more of a functional difference than anything else. 
So a blog post is technically referring to you are posting a blog on, say, your WordPress content management system or your blogger system or your TypePad system, but that blog post could easily be turned into an article that you then publish on ezinearticles.com or you know, Squidoo or another place. So content okay. is content, so it just is more the vehicle where you post it than anything else. Okay, so you could really convert one into the other. Yes, absolutely. And I recommend trying to get the most leverage out of every single piece of content that you write or that you create. Mm. So something that starts off as a blog post could also be turned into a video, could also be turned into an audio, could also be turned into an article, and then, of course, your social media posts. And um, really, you know, every time you take the time to develop something, think think it through of, well, how else could this content be used? Where else could I put this Mm -hmm. content? And yeah, I, I love the uh, the whole idea of repurposing whatever it is we're doing to get the maximum leverage out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think that we think that everybody is following our every move very closely because we're obsessed with what we're doing. But <laughs> a lot of times, you know, if you look at the statistics, say, in email, maybe 20% of your audience is opening your emails. So that means a full 80% of the people on your list, whether you have you know, a few hundred people or a few thousand people, are reading what you write. So even if you repurpose and then resend to your list, chances are they won't even notice. And that doesn't mean that um, you, know, you should be saying the exact same thing over and over again. I mean, you might want to just riff on the same theme and deepen it. And also the thing to remember is that we're not our own audience. So sometimes I think things are so basic that I don't even want to talk about it but then it seems like yeah. it's revelatory for somebody else. And yeah. the stuff that I'm really interested in is kind of obscure and over everyone's heads. So I think that, you know, there's a tendency to, to need to make everything really, like, ground, you know, earth-shattering with every post. But I think sometimes just having a very simple idea and just conveying a single idea in one post can be super effective. And there's, you know, different types of... And it's, it's easier to trans. It's easier to make more of an impact, I think, if you simplify it, isn't it? Absolutely. And, I mean, there are different kinds of blog posts. There are ones that are shorter that might be riffing on just a small theme. And there are things called evergreen posts. And evergreen posts might be longer, you know, articles that people are going to be coming back to for years on end where you might be really kind of laying out a position and talking about something in a more exhaustive way, and it might be a 1,000 words or more. And then there are shorter posts that are... 150 words to 600 words. So, you know, every post doesn't have to be the same, and I think having a variation in what you do can be really helpful as well. Well, that must be quite um, helpful with uh, the whole idea of when you get stuck on what to write, um, you know, that we don't have to be writing this whole long, 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 long blog post every single time we write. Well, let's talk about that because um, yes, I think yes. that's one of the biggest problems that I see with blogging. A lot of people know that it's helpful and they want to do it, but just get stuck on what to write about. And if you're in that scenario, mm-hmm. I think it's probably you know the, the main reason or the thing that I do with my clients that seem to help the most is to figure out, well, what do you want to be known for? What is that kind of number one topic that you want to just you know put your flag in the ground or draw your mark in the sand around and just say, this is a topic that I want to be known for. I want to become the go-to expert in my field for this. And even if your goals are more modest, but just really kind of think that through and define that that one thing. And by one thing, that doesn't mean 
you have to limit yourself to that one thing, but it's that all of your efforts are revolving around one primary topic. So for me, for instance, my primary topic is um, helping kind of small businesses grow their web presence. So that's the one thing that I want to be known for. And within that, there are a lot of subtopics that support and relate to this main topic. So blogging, for example, is something that I talk about, social media, kind of analytics and how to track your results, email marketing, video marketing. There's a lot of topics that support building your web presence. And so, um, But I know that the overall topic that contains all of these subtopics is the small business web presence. Yeah. So I recommend each of you take the time to really think about, well, what's that overarching topic that I'm all about, that if someone had to say just one thing about me, they would say this. And once you have it's that... It's that whole piece around the the niche that you're also serving as well, I'm assuming, when you talk absolutely. about this. It's a yeah. combination. Defining that number one topic is a combination of a few things. It is where can you serve? You know, where is the need the greatest? and you know, a need that you can serve and address? Who are your clients and what are their problems? How can you help them? And also, of course, what are you passionate about? You've got to choose something that you're not going to get tired about. If you don't like talking about it, you know, you probably shouldn't choose it as your number one topic, even if it's yeah. a great niche that nobody else has. So it's absolutely a combination of your passion, who you serve, how you serve, and how you're different. So once you so assuming that assuming that someone sorry Marissa assuming that someone is clear on their niche and on their message you know that they absolutely know who they're serving and what the challenges are that their clients um, generally have what would you suggest to them? Okay, so I'd say um, if someone is clear and you choose that number one topic, then the next thing I would recommend doing is choosing the five to ten related topics around that. And one other thing to say about choosing your number one topic is I tend to like to work backwards from what it is your offerings are, whether you have services, coaching, products. So what, it, what is it that your, your services are about? And so if you want your blog post to be building interest and desire for your services and also to be building an audience around what at the end of the day you know, you're trying to sell, because if you're in business, I'm sure that you want more clients. So make sure that your topic supports your business and is going to be creating a funnel for people to, you know, start to build a relationship with you and start to recognize you as the person who can solve their problems. And so, so once Marissa, you have that, I think, at, at, sorry, at the moment it feels kind of like a bit theoretical for me in my head to sort of understand specifically what you're referring to. So do you think we could use an example? Sure, absolutely. So um, going Going back to um, my my clients, Grace Grove, um, so they mm-hmm. do a lot of cleanses and detoxes. So they have uh, lead people through these liver gallbladder cleanses and these intestinal cleanses. And they also have a, um, a program, an information product, that shows people how to um, kind of jumpstart their digestive system and the importance of digestive health and their overall health. So a lot of what they're writing about relates to the digestive system and digestive health. Um, So their number one topic is digestive health. And then some of the subtopics might, you know, relate specifically to, say, um, natural medications, because a lot of people who are um, 
interested in their programs might be on medications that they're trying to wean themselves off of. So, say, natural replacements for prescription pharmaceutical drugs. They also know that people are looking for recipes in terms of how to, to make food that's really healthy for their digestive systems. They had a whole set of topics and kind of subtopics that related to their programs at the end of the day. And they also had um, content related to doing colonics and enemas and a lot of things related to digestive health. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean in terms of thinking about what you're trying to sell and then working backwards from that place to, to think about what you need to talk about in order to kind of back people into that sales funnel and get them interested in what you do. Beautiful. So um, if you were then to say, if they were to choose um, a topic, you know, their niche is serving clients who have digestive issues, and they were to choose a topic around that specific topic that would really draw their clients in, can you give an example of what that might look like, Marissa? Sure. So... um, when I say choosing the number one topic, that means every single, by the number one topic, pretty much every single thing that you write about should relate to this number one topic. So that means every blog post that you're sending, every kind of Facebook and Twitter post, every email that you're sending relates to this topic. So the biggest mistake that, that I see is, you know, especially with social media, because a lot of people start in social media kind of casually and they have a personal profile is when they switch to having a page, they just kind of talk about a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And the the problem with just posting willy-nilly about whatever you feel like when the spirit moves you is that you're cultivating a really diverse audience. And if you're doing this for business purposes and your goal is to get more clients and make more money and, of course, serve people and have a bigger impact, then you have to really, really narrow and focus yourself and be disciplined to just speak about the topics that are related to your number one topic, and your services at the end of the day. So even if you have subtopics, like I said, there's a big range within this area of digestive health of what they could be writing about. Yeah. But they're not really talking outside of that area. Because once they start to talk outside of that area, they're building a whole different audience. And, you know, as your business diversifies, you might have more than one audience. But when you get started, you know, you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck if you focus on building this one audience. And then... You know, once you get some level of success, you know, you might expand your offerings. But I'd recommend really, really focusing. And my focus, like I said, it's every single piece of content that you put out hinges yeah. on this topic that you've chosen for, chosen for yourself. And that's what I call a content strategy. So when right. I map out a content strategy, we go through that process of identifying, okay, this is what you want to be known for. This is your number one topic. These are, say, the five or so topics that relate to and support this topic. It could be more. It could be five to 20 topics. And then within each of those yeah. five to 20 supporting topics, there might be you know, dozens of kind of tags and keywords and blog posts ideas that get really specific. And if, you were, if you were to use an example like the health coach, say a health coach mm-hmm. who focuses on people who really want to um, uh, improve their nutrition and what they're eating, Mm-hmm. Um, they would then they would then choose a topic, say for example, like um, you know the superfoods we should all be eating and the the dirty dozen that we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Would that be you know would that be a compelling topic that they would then they could then really pull people in because it's so narrow and really focused on what they're they're working with, Marissa? That that would really be 
a powerful topic for them. I mean, rather I think that it's one about of the... nutrition. Sure. Rather than talking about nutrition um, just as a general topic, you know, that could be something much more compelling than just generally talking about nutrition. I would definitely recommend getting a lot more specific than just generally talking about nutrition. Um, you want a topic, mm-hmm. when you think about your number one topic, that's going to be broad enough for you to, to do and be fully who you are, but at the same time narrow enough that you can actually you know, become known and recognized for this area. So nutrition is definitely yeah. too broad. Superfood yeah. um, could be too narrow, just in the sense mm-hmm. that, you know, if someone is looking for nutritional coaching, nutritional mm-hmm. health coaching, chances are superfoods might be one component of it. But I don't imagine yeah. it would be the only component of that because you couldn't live right. exclusively on a diet of superfoods, right? I mean, you probably, you probably right. could. You get tired of goji berries. And, you know. Well, I suppose also then identify if your niche is dealing with people who are exploring, you know, um, nutrition, great nutrition and being more healthy, you know, to incorporate the topic of superfoods but not titling it as superfoods because they wouldn't necessarily know what that meant. You know, right. so it's really kind of clarifying that and understanding the language of your audience as well. Right. And so I'd say that, you know, say their overall topic might be, um, you know, holistic wellness. And obviously that's not the necessarily the right word for it because people might not be searching mm-hmm. for that. And then one yeah. of their categories, and then another place people get confused with blogging is the difference between tags and categories and how to use these things. Uh, but, you know, most uh-huh. blogs have five to ten categories, which these are the main areas or topics that you're talking about regularly. All of them fall within the purview of that number one topic, but they're kind of niche topics within that. So say their number one topic in this example you're giving me is holistic wellness. And then the topic underneath that, might, or category underneath that might be superfoods, right? Mm. Another category yeah. underneath that might be um, maybe there's Pilates, you know? And I'd have yeah. to figure out what their whole wellness system was. So there might be yeah. something related to exercise, something related to nutrition, something related to health. You know, whatever, say they had five pillars to their program, right? Mm. Well, well then, for example, like if you use me as an example, so if I describe myself as a business coach helping healing professionals and coaches become visible in their business, and then I had a topic that was specifically talking about list building, mm-hmm. that would be pretty compelling, wouldn't it? Yes, definitely. And then that could also be a category as well, as and be a, a tag. I'm assuming yeah, well, you're using all of those. Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily make it both a category and a tag. But um, So, yeah. for instance, maybe the overall... Um, Maybe the overall category is email marketing, and then a tag right. could be list building, and then another tag could be, um, you know, internet uh, email marketing service providers, and another tag might mm-hmm. be, you know, opt-in offers and gifts. So, right. And under superfoods, you know, your tags might be specifically coconut, goji berries, acai, cacao, vanilla. You right. know. Um, you could have right. all of the superfoods within it. So if people are, and even more specifically than that, you might have something that says, you know, acai recipes or benefits of acai, you know, could be tags or even start to be names of posts. Yeah. So I, I think um, we're, probably, we're probably getting a, a little complicated here, but um, 
I, one question I wanted to ask you as well, and this kind of ties in with what we're talking about here, Marissa, is if you have a, a blog post and then you tag the blog post, do you have to, the, the words that you're tagging, do they have to be words that you've used in your blog post, even if it's referring to the general topic of your blog post? Um, yes and no. I mean, this is definitely getting nuts and boltsy. What I recommend yeah. is, um, you know, when, when I help someone develop a content strategy, we'll, like I said, come up with that number one topic. Then you might have five to ten categories, and these are topics that you're talking about over and over again, subtopics that you're talking about over and over again. And within that tag, each category, there might be, you know, a dozen or two dozen tags that you use, you know, on a regular basis. Um, yeah. And, you know, since a lot of blogs have a tag cloud, I recommend reusing the same tags over and over again so people can start mm-hmm. to see, okay, you've written a lot about, you know, acai. So that's showing up in the tag cloud kind of larger so even if right. you say, um, you know, within the the blog you're talking about the acai berry, and then, you know, you wouldn't want one tag that's acai berry and one tag that's acai. You would probably just stick to a tag that kind of encapsulated both of it, but you would still want to vary the language some in your post. Right, so, right. But this Great. is getting definitely a little bit micro. I think that um, I know. I know. We should we should back up a bit and get back to the bigger picture. Right. Uh, even though I know I took us there, but um, no, no. Of course, uh, I think if, if it's helpful to people, I just don't want to to go over anyone's heads. But I'd say you know the number yeah. one step is to strategize, and by strategize, yeah. this is you know got two components. You know, one yeah. is to figure out what are you talking about, and this, it might sound like. The original reason we talked about developing a content strategy was to get you over the block of, I don't know what to talk about. So it might sound weird that by defining a very specific focus, you end up knowing what to talk about. But So if you know mm-hmm. all of your um, blog posts are going to be related to you know, business coaching for coaches and holistic wellness providers, and you know that you've developed your number one topic, that's actually kind of freeing because the parameters and the structure kind of sets you free. So you know what you need to talk about. And when we get into the second... That really helps, doesn't it? Because I think a lot of bloggers actually don't have that focus just to begin with, and that's where it gets just so um, ineffective. Right, because if you have a world of possibilities, and I can't... I don't even know the numbers of how many thoughts we have per day. You know, and if you just have all these thoughts racing through your head and you don't know which one to focus on and you don't know which one... Well, and also, also I think, Marissa, it's it's, not just thoughts, but it's, it's... moments of inspiration and if we talked about every moment of inspiration and it wasn't necessarily connected to what our message is you know specifically that could also be very um difficult and i think a lot of a lot of bloggers really do tap into you know those moments of inspiration and it's not always you know you could have a moment of inspiration that's going to be a service to you but maybe not in that moment and not it's not with the focus that you've created for your blog Absolutely. So um, and in terms of the moment of inspiration, I definitely uh-huh. recommend, you know, even if it's a business topic, having your own yeah. voice and having some personality in there. And a lot mm. of times when you blog, you then, which actually goes into the, the third step, but I'll just give a hint of that. But the when you <laughs> blog, a lot of times you'll send an email out to your list letting them know that you've written a blog post. So when I uh-huh. do that, 
you know, the email is actually different from the blog post. And a lot of times I'm sharing the inspiration for the post in the email. Mm. It's kind of a personal yeah. thread that gets someone interested in and wanting to click back to the blog post. But then yeah, the and I think, post, I think the... I think what I mean, um, Marissa, is not to not to blog every time you have an inspirational exactly. moment. It's yeah. really about using the inspirational moments we have that are very uh, in keeping with where we're going with with the the blogging. I agree with you completely, but I just wanted to make the point that there's room for inspiration, but that absolutely oh, not every inspiration. I we should, we should always be moving in inspired action <laughs> with everything we do. Absolutely. So. But but yeah. focusing the inspiration around, you know, what's going to really move the needle in your exactly. business, around your main yeah. topic. So you're building an audience who's interested in what you do. Because ultimately, you know, why spend the time when we all have such a limited amount of time to create material that's not going to help you build your business and attract new clients? Right. So if you right. want to be building for business and building, I mean, blogging for business and blogging strategically, then I really recommend having that narrow focus so you're making the most of every post and making the most of your time commitment. And actually the second piece, by the way, of the strategy component is making yes. sure that your foundation is strong, which means that once someone arrives on your website and they read that blog post, you have some kind of mechanism in place to really get their email address. Because mm. you know, ultimately the whole purpose of the blog is to get them to your website because once they're on their website, they can see what you do and possibly buy something from you. But before they even yeah. buy, you have to start building that relationship. So getting their email address and just making sure you have a very compelling, what's called an opt-in gift or free offer when someone signs up okay. for your list, that's kind of irresistible yeah. to them and also goes along with that main topic. So they land on your blog and they read that post, and then kind of right there in the upper right-hand corner next to the post, there's this offer that just says, give me your name and email address, and I'm going to give you this amazing free thing. So you've kind of drawn them in, and you know, you've given great content in the blog, but then you also give them a re reason to continue their relationship with you. Because they might have mm -hmm. been coming there just as a one-time click where they found you on Google and they, your blog post appeared. But you want to be able yeah. to kind of capture that interest, that one-time interest, and turning it into a long-term relationship. Yeah, beautiful. So, so in a sense, what you're also saying, Marissa, is that your blog post is, the top of your marketing funnel, it's the opportunity to help them step into that so you can then take them through um, and into becoming a, a paying client at some point when they've, when they've gotten to know you. That's exactly it. Mm, and beautiful. The other challenge is really um, being consistent. So mm. what I see happens a lot is... That's my problem. <laughs> I know, it's everybody's problem. <laughs> so, tell us, tell us, Marissa, what can we do? <laughs> okay, so you've done step number one, and you've developed your content strategy, and you've kind of focused your efforts, and you know when people get to your website, you really have the ability to capture them. Now you've got to kind of work on systematizing, putting out content on a regular basis. Because if you just blog once in a blue moon, you're probably not going to ever reach that tipping point of getting a large amount of people coming to your site you know, every day or every week or every month. And remember that everything, every post that you put out stays out forever. This is content that's going to be on the Internet forever. So by creating, you know, the other reason to create categories is you're creating kind of a deep well of content in each of the main things that you're talking about. So with every blog post, you have one other door for people to enter your world. 
So if you only have, you know, three posts up on your site, it's not a surprise that nobody's finding them or coming to them. A lot of times it takes a few months, you know, three months, six months, a year of consistent blogging to start seeing kind of a massive traffic result because you're deepening that well of information. And then the more content that you have and the more you start to show up in the search engines, you know, Google's going to rank you higher as well. But like I said, you're expanding the number of touch points or opportunities for people to find you. So I recommend trying to blog weekly. And if you really, really want to kind of maximize the results of the strategy, even blogging up to twice a week. And if that's too much for you, that's totally fine. I'd rather you get started than trying to aim for perfection and falling short and not doing anything. But even if you say, okay, I'm going to blog twice a month or I'm going to blog once a month and make it really great or I'm going to blog once a week, the important thing is to make a decision of how much time do you have each week to devote to your marketing activities. And blogging is one piece of marketing. And there's other pieces of marketing like social media and email and affiliate marketing that you can take into consideration. But know that a lot of the most successful people in the Internet world spend a good portion of their time marketing, some 20 to 50% of their time. And the reason why is you could have amazing products and services, but if nobody knows about them, you're not really in business. You know, you're only in business once people know about your work. Yeah, and I think that's a huge <laughs> challenge. A lot of, um, um, you know, a, a lot of um, our audience has because they have the great content, they have the great skills, and it's really about you know putting it out there. And mm-hmm. the reality is, that we do need to spend the time to do it. But do that, and and blogging, of course, is a wonderful strategy to. Um, encompass in your marketing strategy if it's a good fit for you. Um, that's awesome. So I know we talked about the two pieces um, to help us um, move forward with blogging. What's the third one? Uh, sure. Well, let's quickly wrap up the, the second piece, which is systematized, yes. before we go into the third piece. So once you mm. make a decision of, okay, I'm going to commit six hours a week or I'm going to commit ten hours a week to marketing, Then you can figure out, okay, of that amount of time, I'm going to spend two hours blogging. And then I actually recommend blocking it out at a regular time each week in your calendar so you know that you're going to do this. And if you prefer not to do it weekly but to, say, create, you know, a whole bunch of posts at a time, you could block out a day and just spend a day writing blog posts and then queue them up to go out and even put them into WordPress so while you're traveling or on the road, they just automatically start to post. So the idea is... You can actually do... You can you can uh, schedule them to post at a certain time, so you don't have to be there to do it. Absolutely. So you could you could schedule like three months worth of posts out if you wanted to, and then go live on Fiji for a few months. <laughs> you know, you really could do that. Um, you wouldn't be doing the third step though, which we're about to get to. So I'd recommend doing the block time to blog, whether that's weekly or trying to do it in big chunks. And I'd also recommend mm. keeping a spreadsheet to track all of your ideas. So once you have those categories. You can do an initial content brainstorm. And so if you're blogging, say, once a week, if you come up with just 52 ideas, that's your blog for the entire year. And I think yeah, anyone who, who really does, you know, if you're living and breathing your topic and what you do, you can come up with 52 ideas without a problem. That way you have yeah. to any time you want to write a blog post, you just go to the spreadsheet. You look at it and you say, okay, I'm going to write about this one today. And then you never <laughs> run out of topics. And if you are getting stuck, 
you know, what I recommend doing is to actually go and find, say, the 10 or 20 best blogs in your area and subscribe to their RSS feeds. And then once a week you go and you say, okay, what is everybody else writing about? You don't even have to be original to blog. You can actually just go and see what everybody else is writing about and do your own spin or interpretation on it. So, um, And I recommend also just being kind of part of the dialogue and the news and developments that are happening in your field. So if you just subscribe to these RSS feeds and say Google Reader, you can have all the news come directly to you without you having to go and search the web. So now if you went in and checked in once a week, you could say, okay, and you're generating topics automatically for yourself. You don't even have to come up with them yourself. And the other thing you could yeah, do along great. those lines is to set up Google alerts on, say, your top keyword. And so every time someone uses that word on the Internet, you get an email sent to you. So again, you're kind of setting up the systems not only to make sure that you do it on a regular basis through scheduling, you're also setting up the systems to track your ideas and your inspiration. So whenever you want to sit down and blog, you're never going to be stuck for a topic. And the third thing is you're kind of setting up systems to automate the process of generating content. So if you want to go beyond that year of posts and you want to, say, diversify and do more social media as well, you have content just coming to you. So those are the mm. three steps for systematizing your blogging efforts. Beautiful. So, Marissa, I know that we want to go on to step three, but um, I'll, I just want to check in with you from a time perspective. Are you able to stay a few minutes over the hour? Absolutely. I definitely want to make sure Wonderful. I do all three steps. Because I also want to see if we have anyone who'd like to ask us a question. Would you be okay to do that? Definitely. So let's just uh, put that out there. If you have a question for Marissa and what we've been talking about so far, you can call in on 347 945-6963 and then press 1 on your keypad and we'll know that you want to ask a question. Again, the number is 347-945-6963 and press 1 on your keypad. And while we're waiting for you to call in, we'll continue with step 3 and then uh, take your question. Great. Go All ahead, right. Marissa. So step 3 is what I call socialize, which is ultimately you know, putting your content in front of your audience where they're already hanging out. So even if you post blogs to your website, you don't want to wait for someone to find them in Google because that might take a little bit of time. You know, as you start to develop more and more of a kind of a, a reservoir of content, people are going to find you quickly and, and more easily. But especially as you get started, you can't expect people to just stumble on your blog post and find it. You actually have to put it out there so they see it. And there are a few ways to do that. I mean, the first is I really recommend connecting the dots between your blog, your email, and your social media. So every time you blog, you also send an email about it, and you also post it to your social media accounts, not even just once, but perhaps multiple times, and send everyone back to your blog so they can read it. And there are ways to do that automatically, too. So if you, um, you know, are just super busy and you're just getting the hang of it, you can use a program like Hootsuite, to set it up so every time you blog, it's just automatically going to post the title of your blog and a link to, say, Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook. And I also use something in my email signature called WiseStamp. So that pulls um, also automatically the RSS feed of my blog, which is just kind of tells the, um, tells the technology that a new blog post has been written, so it knows about it. So every time I blog, you can see in the email signature that the new blog post title replaces the old one. So that means every time I send out an email, people are connecting with my latest blog post as well. So these are just a few areas that you can 
and a few tools that you can use to really get your content out in front of people. The other thing that I recommend is banding together with a few people who are doing similar things as you. So if you are a dream coach, I would recommend going and you know finding a handful of other dream coaches, and you decide to support each other. And I really think we live in a world of collaboration and cooperation, not competition. So by helping each other, I think we raise, you know, we raise the bar for all of all of us, rather than taking yeah. business from one another. So if you get together with, say, five other dream coaches, and perhaps they live in other cities as you even, so they're not in exactly the same market as you if you're doing kind of in-person coaching, and you decide to use what's called the compound effect. So each of you supports one another in promoting your, each other's content. So every time you blog, say your circle of five, five people um, will also post about your blog on their Facebook and their Twitter and vice versa. That way you're leveraging each other's audiences to kind of compound your efforts. And so all of you will grow your audiences that way. And um, a lot of times what happens is no one wants to be that first commenter or that first liker. So if you have a system like that, whether it's a formal system of a group of people that you work together with or an informal system of just your best friend (laughs) who goes and always Mm -hmm. is that first commenter or liker, it can help kind of get the ball rolling for other people to see, okay, here's a discussion starting and I want to be a part of that. And the other thing Mm -hmm. to do is always make sure you're asking questions and asking people to leave comments. I mean, what you did at the top of the show was excellent because you told everybody how you wanted them to spread the word about this show. You told them about Twitter. You told them what link to use. You told them what hashtag to use. You told them exactly how they could support you. And you have to actually do that for people to know what they want to do because otherwise they'll just read the post and probably won't come. (laughs) Yeah, or won't know what the next step is. Exactly. You have to let people know exactly what that next step is in detail. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so I just want to check in. We have a call. I just want to see if they want to ask a question from sure. um, area area 404. If you want to ask a question, just press 1 on your keypad, and then I'll know that um, you want to ask a question. So um, in the meanwhile, um, we can continue um, and just uh, make sure, I just want to make sure that they, they haven't just called in just to listen. This is such an exciting topic, uh, Marissa, and there's just so much to know. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're really scratching the surface here. But I'd like to ask you uh, one other question here um, before we we start to wrap up. And, um, you know, we've, we've had a wonderful conversation about the three steps, which is strategize, systematize, and socialize, and I just love what you've covered there. Um, if you have someone who's blogging and they're blogging consistently um, and they're finding that people aren't visiting the site or aren't commenting on the the blog content, what can they do to improve the results? I know you've talked a little bit more about, you have touched on that already, but can you dive into that a little bit more? Sure. Well, I'd say the very, very first thing is not to give up, that it takes time, you know, it takes time to go from having... Mm -hmm no audience or a very small audience to building a much larger audience. So I think what happens a lot of times is people post a few times and then they stop. And no one's yeah. visited and that's common because, you know, if you there's several things that might be going on. One is you may not have identified keywords that will draw people mm-hmm. to your site, you know, organically or through a, just a natural Google search. 
So I recommend going to the Google Keyword Tool. And if you just Google Google Keyword Tool, you'll find the site. And you can actually type in words and see how many people are searching for them. So if you're actually titling your post, say, something, and then you, you look it up on the Google Keyword Tool and you find that nobody has searched for it, you know, ever, <laughs> then it might yeah. be something Is that you're problem? not. <laughs> yes, and, and that happens. Sometimes I look for words and I'm like, wow, nobody's looking for this word? That's crazy. Um, yeah. So it's not necessarily what you would expect, the words that people are using. So I'd recommend going yeah. to that tool and making sure you're writing and using language that people are using so they can find you naturally. And um, you know, yeah. the one caveat there is you don't want to choose the words that millions and millions of people are searching for because you can't mm. compete, or even hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. You want a nice balance of choosing words that you, know, you can stand out for because not everybody is using, and also words that you know, if someone's using this word, they might have an intent to, to buy something. You know, there's a difference yeah. between saying looking for free resources on ADHD versus searching for ADHD coaching. So sometimes right. the words that you're using is sort of dictating the type of people who are coming to your post. Yeah, and I love, in fact, now that you can actually even, um, you just type in um, that that word that you're searching into the Google search box and it starts to bring up the keywords for you. You don't even have to go to a special tool to find that anymore. Marissa. Absolutely. Isn't that, isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the one other thing that I would recommend doing is if you don't have an audience yet, don't limit yourself mm-hmm. to just blogging on your website. I would recommend identifying partners who already have an audience. And then you can be a uh-huh. guest blogger, and you can actually come up with an idea and um, send it to them and say, I would love to write a, a blog post for your audience, and this is what I want to write about, and come up with one of your juiciest ideas. So then you write for their blog, and you write for their website. And at the end of that blog post, sometimes they have an author box or some way you want to link back to your site and maybe reference another blog post that's on your site where you could say, you know, if you want to know, say I, I wrote a blog post about the first step, you know, strategize. And I could have, and I put that out on a website of mompreneurs, for example. And then I could have at the bottom of it, so if you want to know the second step in the system, click here. And that might lead back to a blog post on my website. So yeah, and it's a it's a win win, isn't it, Marissa? It so is a win win. Might be asking the question of why would someone want me to be a guest on their their blog when they might be doing a great job themselves? And the and the reality is is that you're putting great fresh content on for them. They don't have to think about posting a new blog, and they're drawing traffic to their blog through your blog post, mm-hmm. and you're tra- drawing traffic to your blog um, site, your website through that blog as well, which is tapping into their audience. Absolutely. And I would actually recommend proactively um, going out and researching who are the people who have my audience. And then researching more specifically what maybe some of the areas where they're not serving or they don't have a lot of content and proposing something specifically to that that's going to be relevant and interesting to their audience, but where you can add a unique perspective and voice. And I would say doing that, um, keeping a whole other spreadsheet to track potential partners, and then sending out a few um, offers and, and proposals for guest blog posts a month. And then you're starting to get out there because also what you're doing is creating backlinks. And, you know, three of the biggest factors for determining your Google ranking mm-hmm. are traffic, you know, or con- or activity to your website, how many people are coming, yeah. how long are they staying, are they engaging with your material. The second one is content, 
which you definitely have if you have a blog, and the third are backlinks. And so backlinks are more valuable, too, for certain kinds of websites. They're more valuable for websites that have more traffic themselves. They're more valuable for websites that are .gov or .edu websites. They're more valuable for websites that are a reputation. So you don't necessarily want to be guest blogging on someone's site that's only getting you know 200 visitors a month. You want to go after the ones that have a reputation and themselves are reputable because then Google is going to say, okay, if this site thinks that you have valuable content because they're linking back to you, then I'm going to rank yeah. you higher. Yeah. Awesome. So exciting. There's just so much to talk about, but of course we only have a limited amount of time. Um, we have a lot of listeners on the line and, and um, through the the, uh, the internet, but so no questions, um, Marissa, so that's perfect. Um, I know that you have a, a, a wonderful free gift that you'd love to share with our audience so that they can um, get more of your wisdom and gems from you, Marissa, because you're certainly full of them. <laughs> so would you Thank like to you. share that um, with them just so that uh, they know how to... Um, to uh, get more information. Absolutely. So if you go to BeSeenBoldly.com, and that's B-E-S-E-E-N-B-O-L-D-L-Y.com, you can opt in in the upper right-hand corner of my homepage, and I've created a video series for you that's called 21 Essential Tactics for Building and Marketing a Killer Website. And it's a three-part video series and ebook that you can opt in and I'll start sending you videos. And you'll also get instant access to my Does Your Website Suck quiz. So if you're wondering why your website isn't getting results, there might be one of these mistakes that you're making. Wonderful. That's great. Really might give some insight into into what's going on and why something something might not be working. So that's fabulous, Marissa. Thanks so much. Sure thing. So if you had one if you had one golden nugget you'd like to leave our listeners with before I jump into sharing with them who's coming up next week and the prize draw, what would that be, your golden nugget? Okay, well, my golden nugget would be absolutely start blogging and don't stop and don't give up, but make sure to get focused, get consistent, and put your content out there in front of the, the audience. Don't wait for them to come mm. to you. Yeah, I love that, and I love I love that you know just even the idea of focusing in on um, and strategizing with how your 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 um, blogging is is just such a fabulous um, tip all on its own, Marissa. So I just want to thank you so much for being here today. It's been really wonderful to tap into your wisdom and hear so much about this topic. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your taking the time out to be with us. No problem. I really appreciate you inviting me. Great. So I want to share um, a couple of things and, and uh, uh, next week's um, uh, show. Um, we are going to be um, a, a pri- we're going to have a prize draw today. And for those of you who know me, you'll know that um, I'm the um, I, I am a small business coach for healing professionals and coaches. And um, I'm all about helping you become visible in your business. And, of course, we talked about one of the major uh, visibility strategies you could, you could do in your business. Um, and what I'd like to um, offer you is an opportunity to have um, an assessment, uh, which is a take the temperature of your business assessment. And really what it will do is figure out um, 
what you're doing really well in your business when it comes to having those foundational pieces in place and what you really want to be focusing on that will help to um, make you more visible and just have those solid um, pieces in place so that um, everything you're doing is, is actually going to be supporting you and moving forward rather than holding you back. So if you'd like to have the opportunity for the draw of taking the temperature of your business assessment, which is really worth about a $300 value because you will be spending a little time with me going through the results um, of that. Uh, you can do that by emailing info at keystoclarity.com. That's info at keystoclarity.com. And just put um, uh, assessment in the title, assessment in the title, and I'll know that you are wanting to have the opportunity to... Um, really get that uh, understanding and direction of where you want to be focusing in your business. Exciting stuff. I also want to um, let you know that the Visibility Mastery Program has started. It started yesterday. It's a fabulous program where we get, really get to refine your niche and your message. We talked a little bit about that today with Marissa. And then we actually dive into a number of uh, visibility strategies and really figure out what's an intuitive fit for you and for your niche. Um, sometimes, um, you know, you might feel drawn to a particular strategy um, and it might not be a fit for your niece. So we really want to make sure you found your sweet spot and then actually start creating some focus and action around, um, you know, using those strategies in, a, in an empowered way. And um, I know that there are a lot of... Uh, um, there are a lot of healing professionals and coaches out there who are really struggling in this area. We really want to make it easy for you to attract your ideal clients so you can fill your practice and also you know, make it easy for you to reach out and find your clients um, in, in a productive way. So if you're interested in checking that out, the doors are still open for a very short time. Um, and just for today, because I'm feeling, feeling generous today, <laughs> I'm going to open up um, a payment plan for you just for the next 24 hours. So um, if you're listening to the show after the show has completed, um, just check the time and see if it was 24 hours, uh, if you're within the 24-hour window and you can take an opportunity to do that. The, um, the website to go to to investigate is visibilitymastery.com, visibilitymastery.com. And if you'd like to... Um, uh, Take me up on the uh, on the payment plan. I know a lot of you would prefer to do that. So, um, just to give you the opportunity, we've got a fabulous group of people in the program already. But I know that we have space for just a few more. So, if you'd like to take me take me up on that, you can then um, just email me at louise at keystoclarity.com, and there are contact information on that page at the bottom as well. So, go for it, and um, I would love to connect with you. Again, that's visibilitymastery.com. Okay, great. So um, next week, um, let me just check my notes here because um, we uh, we have some I have some information, but of course um, I uh, don't have that in front of me right now. Um, but we have a fabulous guest next week who has just written a book, which is really about helping um, helping to stop malaria. And the whole idea is that this book is is um, is going to be um, sold 
with all the proceeds going to buy malaria nets. And the book is actually um, uh, comprised of a number of different um, a number of different um, authors. The, 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 the author's name is Michael Bungay Stania, and the book is called End Malaria: Bold Innovation, Limitless Generosity, and the Opportunity to Save a Life. And basically, they've got a whole lot of amazing um, uh, people together uh, in this book, people like Seth Godin and the likes uh, of Seth, and um, they've all contributed to this book. So you get the opportunity to do an amazing thing in saving people's lives as well as uh, learning more about your, um, how to grow your business. So Michael's going to be talking about that book. He's going to be talking about the content and um, how, how we can learn from that as well. And I really hope you join us to, to learn more about that next week. Okay, everyone. So again, if you'd like to get an update about the show every week and what the content is for the, for the show for that day, remember to go to keystoclarity.com and just sign up in the little opt-in box on the right side just under my, my um, picture there. Um, you'll get a free report as well, which is the five critical um, pieces um, to have in place um, for a successful business and, to, um, to, and mistakes to avoid when, you get, when you're starting out. So uh, feel free to take advantage of that. All right, thanks so much, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Marissa. You were fabulous, and I look forward to speaking to you next week. To your shining success. Take care, everyone.